Welcome to the Penis Project Podcast, connecting men through science, stories, solutions, but most of all, through support. This podcast was founded by myself and Dr. Joe Milios, a physiotherapist. To find out more about us, check out our website, thepenisproject.org. I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett, sexologist and nurse practitioner specialising in men's intimate health. Join me as I break down the barriers surrounding men's health and have candid conversations about everything you've always wanted to know but were too embarrassed to ask. This podcast is dedicated to stories from men who have bravely recognised the importance of sharing their experiences, breaking down stigmas and having no filter chats about sexual health, cancer treatment and recovery, relationships and everything else in between. If you know someone who you think would benefit from this information, please share so we can help more people. We would also love it if you'd follow the podcast and give us a review. Welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Michael Hodge. Michael is a pelvic and sexual health specialist. He's based in the US, but he works with men all around the world. He's also a mind-body coach, and we're going to find out about how he helps men with sexual dysfunction in particular. So welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me, Melissa. I'm excited to talk more about the mental-emotional side of root causes that can lead to sexual dysfunction. I think that a lot of men look first at the mechanical elements and they can go to their doctor, their urologist, they can go down a path that is not always fruitful. In some cases, there are structural issues to be addressed, but in many others, there's nothing found. So whether you're dealing with a structural issue, there's always the mental emotional side that we need to take into consideration. And if you are not finding any structural issues and you're absolutely frustrated and you have no idea what's going on, I get the quote unquote hard cases that come to me. They're like, we've tried everything and nothing has worked yet. Well, there's always an answer. So yeah, we can dive into that today. Great. So where do people start? Like, How do they find you if they didn't hear about you on the podcast? How usually do men find you? They usually just walk through the forest to get to my house, but I'm just kidding. Um, For the most part, men from around the world find me. I have a YouTube channel. That's how a lot of people find me. I have a a lot of content there. Otherwise, transformpelvichealth.com. So we have a website. We have an organization. We have a program called Vigor Sexual Strength that helps men to overcome these issues. Would you be able to tell me initially just how did you get into this area? Yeah, definitely. I didn't know that I was ever going to get into this work. I started dealing with pretty severe pelvic floor dysfunction when I was 22. And if you don't, there are some people that don't know what that is, pelvic floor dysfunction, chronic pelvic pain syndrome. This can oftentimes be an extreme tension in the pelvic floor. It can lead to pain with sitting, after ejaculation. A lot of basic functions are challenging. But I also did deal with ED and also premature ejaculation and urinary frequency, literally all the things that I now help people with. So I overcame a long, challenging situation of pelvic sexual floor dysfunction, pelvic floor sexual dysfunction. (laughs) And um, long story short, I ended up getting interviewed by Dr. Brianne Grogan, who's a well-known pelvic health expert. And um, I just put my story out there. Men started reaching out to me. I did essentially coaching. I was just helping them to overcome their issues. And Dr. Bree and I ended up creating programs um, that are really well designed and have been helping yeah, so helped over a thousand men. She's a physiotherapist, isn't she? Pelvic health physio. That's right. Yeah. Pelvic health yeah. physio as her basis point. 
we go quite deeply into the mind body side a very holistic well-rounded approach for example i went to physical or physiotherapy for about a year when i was attempting to overcome my issues but my physio wasn't really addressing even nutrition or the mental emotional side of things and i've since found it to be extremely important and this is now my mission i'm i'm helping a lot of people to overcome their issues and if i can help someone get better in months or even a year versus five or ten. I have people who have been dealing with these things for 30 plus years sometimes. Yeah. And it's extremely frustrating. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's interesting. I often say guys with this exact problem, like young men often that will come in and they'll be like, have erectile dysfunction, and then we'll go through and usually I'll go through and rule out the physical sides. And then often all it is is just like, you know, you talk to them about anxiety, depression, and they're just holding all of that in their pelvic floor and just learning to relax their pelvic floor makes such a big difference. And the example I give often is, you know, if your pelvic floor is locked on really tight all the time, it's like parking a car on the hose. You can't get the water through. So, you've, you know, it's really important that you relax it. And then, you know, guys will start seeing a pelvic health physio and they'll relax it. But if you don't deal with the mind connection of why that keeps tightening when you're stressed, then it just keeps occurring. So, yeah, this is really interesting. And I think a lot of our listeners will get a lot out of this because I think it you're, there's often a physical and a mental component. And if it starts off as a physical only, you always end up with it playing with your head anyway. So you need to deal with that as well. Yeah, you definitely need to deal with all those things. and. I do work with men who are younger and all ages, though. I've been ages 18 all the way to 70-something that I'm working with. But I wanted to point out something. You had mentioned that you recently got into a small accident, right? Mm. Yes, I fell over the handlebars of my bike. Well, I mean, that's very painful. And I just want to use it as an example, though, right? Because this is an acute situation where you had an acute injury to the ribs. There's a bruising. There are things that are taking place physiologically because of that. Now, that's one thing. And your body, the body heals itself. The body heals itself with proper rest and potentially positioning and assistance if needed, maybe casting if it's a break, those sort of things. But what we find is that men have a high importance placed upon their private parts. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's this injury or. I had sex five times in one day and like something felt weird the fifth time, or I was riding my bike for too many hours, or I, you know, fell down and landed on my tailbone. No, there's no injury. Sometimes there's not even an injury. But if there's something that feels a little off there, like a prostatitis, epididymitis, urinary tract infection, there can be a big concern and anxiety and fear that puts you in the fear pain cycle. That fear pain cycle turns something from being, you know, a six week recovery period to lasting months or even years in a lot of cases because you're upregulating the nervous system and that fear is actually fueling the dysfunction long-term. And these don't always begin with uh, accidents though, by the, by the way, there are people who have, what I ask people is whenever you started dealing with ED or premature ejaculation, if it's acquired, I work with a lot of people who have had quote unquote lifelong premature ejaculation, but what was going on around the time that this started or got worse? or leading up to it. I've had a lot of answers recently about like COVID, the pandemic. There's been a big uptick in pelvic and sexual issues for sure. And a lot of it has to do with that tension, that fear is being held, like you said, like a a 
dog, which is pulling its tail in, right? It's pulling Mm. it in just like our coccyx being pulled in. So there are a lot of things that need to be looked at. It's the letting go, like you mentioned, of the tension. So there's a big misunderstanding though. Let me do pelvic floor stretches. Let me go to physio. If I let go of that tension, I'll have great erections again. But what is creating the tension? And that's brain created. But why is your brain creating it? So we go down and we go deeper. We go deeper to discover the root cause of that. So beneath the surface, again, the brain could be creating that. Your nervous system is upregulated, but why? There are stressors. There can be anxiety and even depression. Everyone experiences stress, but perhaps you're more prone to stress due to conditioning or personality tendencies or even emotional experiences you could call trauma, big T or little t trauma. So we go back even further now. So I work with a lot of men who have similar personality tendencies, not that you have to have these in order to have sexual dysfunction, but things like being an overachiever, being a perfectionist, being very future focused, putting a lot of pressure on yourself, being very self-critical, self-judgmental. Also things like fearing confrontation, walking around on eggshells, not being able to speak out. What happens whenever you engage in these behaviors, which is happening most of the time, by the way, not just every once in a while, because it's who you're being. That is actually regulating the nervous system. That is actually creating dysfunction in different ways. That can show up as different psychophysiologic disorders. It can be chronic headaches. It can be pelvic floor pain. It can be erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation. It can be irritable bowel syndrome. There are a lot of potential creations that come from these same root causes. And again, there could be a structural aspect though, right? There could be a little bit going on in both compartments, but we want to at least recognize. I work with people who have gone a very, very long time down the biomedical route and the mechanical Mm -hmm. route, yet they haven't done very much emotional awareness discovery, for example. Um, So sometimes that's the first time they've done it when they work with me. And I think, you know, I think that's exactly how I try and explain it to men when I talk to them is that, you know, some people will feel their stress by having migraine headaches or, you know, some people will have abdo pain, some people will have loose stools and other people will really hold on to all of their stress in their pelvis. And it's interesting that you say you work with a lot of men of the same personality type because that's the men who I meet who have pelvic pain or erectile dysfunction that's related to pelvic, really tight pelvis, is are that sort of personality type. Often, you know, they're high achievers, they're people who usually have a problem and they can fix it. And then mm-hmm, this is yeah. particularly frustrating for those type of men, I think. Oh, yeah. They're fixers. They're figure outers. They're really good. They're like, give me the plan. I will figure it out. I will do this. That's how I was too. I'm like, you tell me what to do. I will do whatever it takes to overcome this because this is like the worst thing I've ever experienced. And that is paradoxically part of the problem. Part of the problem is not being able to relax and release and surrender and have balance. I was very, if you want to use these terms, masculine energy driven versus feminine energy driven. And by that, I just mean that masculine driving, creating, moving forward, progress, feminine, more of nurturing, presence, relaxation, connection. And this is an imbalance that can absolutely cause dysfunction in different ways. Regarding why it shows up in the pelvic floor, 
And that region of the body versus other parts of the body is a very interesting conversation that we don't have to get into much today, but I'm continuing to do more and more research as I'm writing a book right now about overcoming these issues. And one of the best places to look towards would be the ancient yogic texts, the yogic science actually of the chakras and this first energy center, which in modern contemporary science, such as Dr. Joe Dispenza's science, we call it the lower mesenteric nerve plexus. And this is the collection. It's like a mini brain that is operating the organs, the function, the hormones, the cells in this region of the body. But this center has energetic statements surrounding survival and energetic statements surrounding sexuality. So if you have imbalances in around either of these, such as I've got to work, I've got to move, I've got to go forth further, I've got to go faster. It's not feeling safe. It's not feeling okay and just relaxed in your mo- in the moment. And there could be sexuality-based energies that could have been related to, you know, sex being taboo, shame, guilt, embarrassment, feeling inadequate from early sexual experiences, from like the size of your penis for the length of, you know, duration, um, relational experiences where you had a certain thing happen and someone breaks up with you. All these things are just related to those energies, thoughts, and emotions that color the nervous system dysregulation and how it can show up in a specific part of your body. Hmm. So when someone comes to you and this, they first tell you this is their issue, how do you like, how does your, how do your programs and, and how does working with you work? What do they, what would they expect? Yeah, definitely. Whenever they come forth, first of all, there is a questionnaire of sorts, which is to help guide them to know how, where's this coming from, right? Let's take a look structurally. Have you visit, visited your doctor? Have you had basic tests done? In most cases, they already have, but if not, they need to, right? Go check with your urologist. There could be a different cystoscopy. There could be urine sample. There could be a blood test, things, an ultrasound, even potentially sometimes an MRI. What we're doing is just ruling out specific structural problematic issues that need to be noticed. They could need some biomedical attention. And I know that you work with men who are experiencing quite a few of these, right? They really do need some biomedical attention to assist in overcoming those. Now, if that's not happening at all, which for a lot of my clients, they don't have anything clear, it's tissue damage, cancerous, infectious disease, accident or injury, et cetera. Then what we do is we look at the other side, that's ruling out or potentially recognizing that it's happening. And then we rule in that this could be what we call mind-body syndrome, or you could call it psychophysiologic dysfunction, uh, neurophysiologic, they're all the same thing, sometimes called tension myositis syndrome. Um, And we look at things like stress and how you're responding to it, anxiety, depression, repressed emotions, things that happened in the past, in the present. And we're just trying to build a model to recognize, okay, these could be reasons then why you're dealing with this. Now, if someone came to me, they're like, I have no structural issues. Also, I'm an enlightened Zen master, pretty much a meditation 20 parts of the day, right? Well, yeah, they shouldn't be experiencing. They shouldn't um, be having that pain. <laughs> no, they shouldn't have genital urinary dysfunction. So yeah, it's like a simple questionnaire that might've sounded more complicated than it is. We have a visual, easy thing that you walk through and understand, okay, this is either I'm dealing with some structural and mind-body syndrome, or it's just mind-body syndrome. And that can kind of guide how we then move forward, right? Is it that you need to work with your urologist? Maybe do you need to work with something in that area? 
along with doing our program to clear out these root causes that are mental, emotional based. And of course, you're going to get the best results if you do both, or it's possible there's nothing actual, actually that's structural in origination as well. Yeah. And so once, so they filled out the the quiz and then do you, do they have like a coaching session with you or, or how does it work after that? So the program that we have is called Vigor Sexual Strength. It's actually an eight-week guided program, but you do it on your own with coaching assistance. Yep. You begin the program. You can go at your own pace, your own speed, and you also get coaching support where you can ask questions. You can post updates. I actually jump in there and I answer questions. I do video replies. If you want additional one-on-one help, you can book one-on-one coaching calls. Okay. But that's as needed. Yeah. So some people, when they step into this information, it's a very empowering. And then there's guidance week by week. Once you've recognized what you're dealing with, every week we have some components such as movement routines. The movement routines are to create good, supple flexibility in your pelvic floor and surrounding musculature. Whether it's doing yoga or jogging or swimming, there are lots of ways to move your body in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Dr. Brianne Grogan actually organized some specific 10 to 15 minute movement routines that you do some throughout the week that are really beneficial for pelvic and sexual health. We also give you some nutritional guidance just to make sure you're eating clean, healthy, whole foods. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to eat a specific diet. It's pretty general information, but again, that is necessary that you take a look at that. Mm -hmm. And then we also will have mind-body practices. So every week, well, actually every single day as you're doing the eight-week program, we have you do um, a meditation or a breath work. They're, they're different types of experiences, and a lot of them are included. You can choose which one you do each day. And um, we also have what we call sexual practices. This is changing the way you experience sex. So a lot of the men that were working, before they were working with me, they were watching porn often. Um, they were masturbating in a way that was creating um, brain to penis wiring. That is, as soon as I start touching myself in a certain way, I ejaculate quickly, right? Whether it be uh, better performance for erections or even overcoming premature ejaculation, we want to go back to a more primal body, filling, breathing experience of sexuality. And we actually practice alone. So they're called solo sexual practices. And this allows you then to, once you work with your partner, if you're in a relationship, to change the way you've been approaching your connection. The best sex begins in the heart and it finishes in the soul. So we're really wanting to reframe the sexual experience. It's not mechanical. It's not just, I got to get hard again so that I can, you know, make sure my wife comes or make sure that I, I can experience this again. Like we need to go beyond just the mechanistic aspect of the penis and experience the full connection and release the things that are not allowing our body to function in the way that it can. Great. So tell me, with young men who have had primary premature ejaculation, that's, you know, that starts off when they're a young guy and it's followed them all through their life. Um, So I can certainly see how mind body work and meditation would work really great for people who have developed these issues secondary. But the primary cases, you know, guys where it's always been there. And they finally get around to going, I want to get some extra help for this. Um, they're the, the people who I find really tricky. So how does this work in those instances? 
Yeah, it's a really great question. In this instance, a lot of the lifelong premature ejaculation population, you could say, they jump straight to, I need to fix this at the sexual training level. I need to do Tantra. I need to do Taoist practices. I need to do Kegels, reverse Kegels. I need to do edging. I need to read all of the books. I need to do all of that. While they're not recognizing that genitourinary dysfunction that's not structural is being created by the brain for different reasons. It can be created because there is an energy of stress around the act of sex versus relaxation. And what does that mean though? Because someone might say, no, I mean, I, I rub one out. It feels pretty good. It could very well be earlier in your life that sexuality in general, the way it was not discussed because there was fear around the subject, there was embarrassment and shame and guilt. If you ever you know, thought about how good looking a woman was, or you watched porn whenever you're 10 years old and you started masturbating and you, you, want, you didn't want anyone to fight out, or there are a lot of things that can actually imprint because whenever someone says this was primary, this is lifelong, you're actually not born with premature ejaculation when you're zero days old. So it actually is acquired in some way. Um, even there are some, there's there are some theories around genetics, but then we have to look at epigenetics. Epigenetics mm -hmm. give you the perspective that the internal environment actually turns on gene expression um, more so than outer environment. It's but very interesting because what I see a lot of is men from the Middle Eastern countries and certain religious backgrounds that seem to have more premature ejaculation than other groups that seems to be a really high group and I don't know if that's something I've just noticed or if it's but I often wonder whether or not and it's primary like they've they say they've always had it for as long as they can remember but I often am curious about has that come about because there's some genetic background which I haven't been able to establish or is that because the way these cultures are brought up that things like masturbation and sex and things are often taboo unless you're in a married relationship and so if that's the case your first initial sexual experiences as a young person probably have a lot of guilt and anxiety around them and so I, I often wonder that you know and I think maybe there's maybe it's a connection a combination of both of those yeah for my research it would definitely be the cultural impressions um, cultural familial religious impressions do have an effect on the way we perceive life, which is in our mind, and also emotionally. So these thoughts and emotions do create physiological reactions. Everything's intimately connected. So that's one thing that we take into account. And also the level of importance, stress, and anxiety one places on the act of sex. Again, it's kind of related, but just for example, myself too, I was like, I mean, of course, most, most people are excited to have sex, but I remember really wanting to do a good job. I was like, I yeah. really want to be able to last long enough. I want to make sure that like I'm big enough. I want it. There was a, the thing is that is not even the, this, that's not the root cause. The root cause is inadequacy, self-worth, self-esteem. Because if you are fully within yourself, this is who I am and I enjoy life and I live life. I have sexual connection with this person or I, and it lasts an hour or five minutes or uh, you know, I get an A on this test and my teacher says I did a great job or says I was a horrible. It doesn't matter. I am who I am. And I let go of criticism and judgment and worry. How much stress and relief does that create for the organism? A tremendous amount. Mm -hmm. Now, that's kind of a heroic level 
of capability, but of course, all of us have that ability to reach that experience as a human being. So when you take into account the impressions and imprinting, and you take into account the mental, emotional, psychological buildup around the act of sex, and we talked about the yogic science around the chakra and that energy center and how that is where an imbalance can show up for someone, you can kind of start to see this common thread interwoven into why primary premature ejaculation can come about. And then we've got to go back and unfurl that ball of yarn. And mm-hmm. then the way I say is once you do that, right, you can, then you're going to be more relaxed. You're going to be more calm. You're going to be more authentic. You can do the sexual practices. They're going to work extremely well, right? Because you've untethered the balloon and now you add helium to the balloon and it's going to go really high really fast but you kept trying to add helium to a balloon that was tethered to the ground and it's not going to work Mm, that's a really good analogy i like that so so men throughout the 12-week program they would learn some of these techniques obviously they're learning mindfulness and it's is it is there ways in there that they're like tracking back in their mind to think about how these things might have started for them are they writing a journey for sure yeah it's really important um we pretty much take them through four phases in a way as they're going through the phases they're also doing the movement routines and they're doing the solo sexual practices they're doing things that sometimes these somatic practices give you the sense that you're moving forward and you're taking action with more empowerment, which I think is a useful element of somatic practices. Yes, we start out with phase one, which we call realize. Realize that this is mind-body syndrome oriented, even if you have structural issues. Because for many, they were like, oh, this is just because of you know what I'm eating or cardiovascularly, or there's a specific thing. I've been sitting on a, on a bike every day for two hours, and this is what, there are a lot of people that cycle that don't have these issues. So we've got to really understand what's happening. We go to step two, which is what we call reprocess. That's actually taking the fear out of the equation. It's no more like, oh, if I don't fix this, my wife's going to leave me. If I don't fix this, like I'm, uh, this life sucks. Life sucks until I get better. Life sucks until I have a great erection. That is, again, fueling the problem. You're fixing, figuring out, frustrated, all of the Fs. And we want to take that out. So we use somatic tracking. We use witness consciousness. We use mindfulness approaches that allow you to objectively notice this is what is right now. I am okay. I am safe. It's really creating more safety, which also helps the nervous system function. And then we move to phase three, which is release, which is what you were just talking about. That release is discovering, investigating, looking within yourself. Hey, what about my past? What about my childhood? What about my present? What about my recent past? What about my future? What am I always thinking about? Where am I trying to go always? What am I thinking about from the past, right? Thinking about the future, worrying about it, anxiety, thinking about the past and reflecting upon it negatively, depression. So we start to look and we give them journaling exercises. We give them you know, different forms to fill out and personal inventories. And we have something called the emotional release reset, which is a combination of this with a breathwork, a cathartic breathwork release experience. I just recorded a new thing today called letting go of stuck emotions, which is a 13 minute experience where you let the emotion be. So yeah, we help you to discover and then fill and naturally emotions dissipate on their own when there's no resistance. But a lot of the men that I work with, they don't have a lot of emotional awareness. 
and they're more logical and intellectually oriented. So they think that they can think their way to solving the issue, which is what I did too. And I, I pretty much had to have my ego crushed to discover actually we feel as well. Actually, emotions are beautiful, even if they're sticky and scary. And it's an amazing part of being alive, being a human. But an emotion is the wave and you are actually the ocean. So allow that wave to pass through as you, the ocean, know that you're always there and you'll actually always be okay. I think it's um, a lot It's a lot more difficult for men to do that, I think, than women, and particularly older men because, you know, they often were brought up in a, a cultural environment where, you know, you have to be strong and you don't show emotion and you have to hold on to things. Um, so I think I, I like to think that the younger generations don't have that as much, but I think definitely, you know, 40 plus definitely would have grown up in that kind of environment where releasing those kind of emotions is is not easily easy to do because you haven't been taught that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Texas and, you know, it's football and bulls and cows and beer and hunting and <laughs> boys weren't supposed to show their emotions and i rarely cried um i i noticed now my my partner at the moment she actually i i joke about this but she cries pretty often she feels her emotions so deeply and i'm like this is why you never get sick you never have any psychophysiological issues and it's actually an amazing connection to make though because yeah. it's not that you have to cry every time you feel an emotion it's that she's there with it She's not yeah. suppressing it. And I, I definitely work with men who have not been doing this their whole lives. But the question is, how important is it? How much pain is it? Are you actually going through the dark night of the soul? Are you on the floor? Are you really wanting to change? This is not just a, a cure or like an airy-fairy concept. This is a part of becoming whole again and recognizing the fallacy and, and that survivalistic perspective, which came from you know, warrioristic mindset. We have to be tough. We have to be strong or we will be taken over. Admittedly, we live in a, a world where there is more equality. There is more unconditional love. And I would say it is a little easier now to be this way, but that deep emotional vulnerability, it's always possible in any time. Yeah. And so at any one time, are you working with a lot of men? I know you've helped over a thousand men with this, but is there like a limit at one time of how many men you work with or not? There's not right now, although there isn't a, a really large group. Men join mm -hmm. at any time. So you can join today, you can join next week, and you're guided through the process. And I'm there for you to support you if you have questions, need help, or you want to do one-on-one -on -one coaching calls. But yeah, I'm actually working on finding a mind-body coach to be on my team just to have even more support. And as we grow and we need to give men what they need to be successful, it's all about what works. We track data very clearly. Everyone does an intake form. They have a halfway, they have a completion. If something's not working, we remove it. We're iterating, we're improving as we go. If it doesn't work, it's not worth it. Yeah, that's great. Is there anything else in particular that you'd like to talk about that I haven't questioned you about? Just there's nothing really immediately coming up. It's yeah. just allowing yourself to go into silence sometimes. Because if you're always thinking, you're always figuring it out, you're always looking, you're always on your phone, you're always on the computer, you're always going to another doctor visit, 
ultimately empowering yourself to be your quote unquote own doctor is always the most powerful way to experience any form of self-healing. So what I mean by that is whether it's you take aside 30 minutes every morning to just sit down and stare out in the, to the trees, or you're meditating or doing some breath work or going for a quiet walk, or you go to a cabin in the woods for a few days and, and don't do anything. You're just being. Because that next step, that wisdom of the body will speak to you. These sexual dysfunction issues are the tip of the iceberg. What is beneath the surface? If you give yourself silence and space, these things will come about. It might be an emotional pattern that you've been pushing away. It might be a traumatic moment. It might be something else, right? All these thoughts that you have that are negative and fearful, those are smoke from the fire. So allow the fire to resurface at times. And that if you stay busy, if you stay busy, if you stay busy, you're not able to notice that fire, which needs to allow, it needs to be burned out with the presence of yourself. And I think really not just from a sexual function point of view, these lessons would probably help a lot of people just in general, because I think life, you know, it is busy for most people, particularly these personality types we're speaking of. I, mean, I know from my own experience, I'm always busy, too busy. And um, if I ever have a problem, like, you know, often I'm one of those people who I'll go for a walk or a bike ride and I'll be listening to a podcast or I'll be, you know, always filling my mind with things. And I had a problem to solve about a year ago that I couldn't kind of figure out how I was going to solve this issue. And what I discovered was is that if I just went for a walk without any noise that often I'm not trying to think not not think about the issue by the time I'd get back the solution would be there so some of my best you know solutions to problems or ideas come from that being quiet it's but it's for someone like my personality type and I imagine this is for a lot it's actually quite difficult to do that to just be quiet no definitely and it has been for me it's been a part of the unlearning that has been required because my physical body would give me pain and dysfunction and issues. And so it's a requirement to, okay, are you going to change or not? Are you actually going to enjoy life? Are you actually going to learn how to be present and silent? And that has happened for me over time more and more and more. And a lot of times people say, these are my personality traits. This is just who I am. But actually a lot of these are coping mechanisms that were created due to upbringing, due to a survivalistic approach to life. And you can still be productive. You can be creative. You can be dynamic. You can be an achiever who is changing and impacting the world, but you're doing it from a place of love instead of fear. It's not that I, I got to figure it out. I got to figure this out because I'm in pain. I got to figure this out because I need to make more money. I got to figure this out to be more successful. It's like, what would love do right now? How can I help another? How can I love myself more? And actually, you'll end up going down that same path, but you'll feel really great and really joyful the entire time. So it's a much better choice. Mm. So it sounds to me like getting this, developing this pelvic pain issue for yourself was kind of a good thing in the long run because out of that adversity has come a new way of looking at things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Everyone that I work with once they, especially when they're getting more on the other side of it, they're like, I'm actually really grateful. That's the craziest thing. If my past self would have heard me say that, it probably would have been frustrated, but I'm really grateful because the way I was living was really imbalanced. It was not being my authentic self. 
I was afraid to be who I am out of fear, ultimately, is kind of what it comes down to. And so I'm very grateful. Although it's been the most challenging thing I've experienced in this lifetime, right? It's very impactful. And I have gratitude that I get to help others now as well. So I'm grateful for that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Penis Project today. And we will definitely put the links to your website and your program and your one-on-one coaching in the notes, uh, in the show notes. So anyone who's listening, please look those up. And I think a lot of the men that I see for these, you know, more biomedical physical problems that, you know, often we, we do touch on the psychological aspect of as well. And I'm often referring them off to breath work and yoga and hypnotherapy and things like that. And so I think this will be a really good thing to also be able to um, offer men and for them to find out more about. So thanks very much, Michael, for contacting me and telling me that you're out there. Well, thank you, Melissa, for your mission. It's amazing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As a thank you for being a part of our podcast community, I have an exclusive subscriber offer for you. If you would like assistance with your sexual health and you'd like to work with me, then please head over to www.melissahadleybarrett.com forward slash programs and use the code TPP5 at the checkout. Here you will find everything you need to know to be on the path to penile perfection. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Penis Project. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review and subscribe for regular updates. Your support plays a big role in spreading awareness and helping more men to access this information. The more followers we have, the more podcast platforms that recommend our show to others. This might be just the place where your friend, brother, neighbour with lingering questions finally discovers the answers. Stay connected with me on social media and join the Melissa Hadley Barrett email list for news about upcoming podcast episodes, blogs and lots more. If you have a personal story that you'd like to share or you're a health professional working in this field, I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or a listener with specific topics you'd like us to cover, please send me an email at admin at melissahadleybarrett.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Penis Project podcast community. And until next time, take care.